Welcome to the power of faith and the ministry of David Hathaway. Please join David as he ministers today's word. devil's biggest weapons against believers. Satan did not say to Eve in the garden, eat those apples, God does not mind. He sowed doubt. Did God say no? Today he uses the same doubts to destroy God's authority and take us out of the blessing that God has given us. The following are actual questions people ask me. First, not all who are prayed for are healed. Can God be equally glorified in Christians who are not healed? The answer is, yes, he can, if that is what they really want. But it is not God's perfect will for them. God did not want Eve to doubt. She lived in God's paradise, but because she doubted God's word, she spent her life under the influence of evil and her son was murdered. But God in mercy provided a final redemption because he still loved her. I understand the problem in people's minds. We don't see everyone healed and it grieves me deeply. But this is the challenge which leads me to seek stronger faith to bring more healing, not to reject God's deliverance. When age 32 I had throat cancer, the Lord challenged me. Did I want the easy or the hard way? He said the easy way was to have the operation. The hard way was to fast, pray, and believe until a miracle would happen. I deliberately asked God to take me the hard way. In Psalm 115, verse 17, David says, The dead praise not the Lord, but we are seeking the praise and the glory of God. I want to tell you, Jesus commanded us both to preach the gospel and heal the sick. These two are inseparable. The healing of the sick is the demonstration of the gospel. 
outlook in Numbers in Matthew 9, where Jesus said to the onlookers, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, rise, take up your bed and walk. Question, isn't sickness part of the cross we must carry? <laughs> the answer is, the cross that Jesus carried was not sickness, but rejection, torture and death. The cross he asked us to carry is not sickness, but the persecution, hardship, rejection, and even death that follow being his disciples and preaching his gospel. That again is in Matthew 10, Mark 8. Will you carry that cross? Then get rid of your sickness, or you will never be fit to carry it. Jesus was no sick, feeble man, but the strongest, fittest man who has ever lived. That must be your ideal. In Matthew 8, 16, Jesus tells us that he healed all that was set to fulfill that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So even at the time of the actual ministry of Jesus, the Bible says that Christ's atonement for our sin is also his atonement for sickness and disease, that the cross he carried was our healing. Why not carry that cross of healing? Look at 1 Peter 2. Sin and sickness are not from God. Both come from the devil. The purpose of the first coming of Jesus was to make a way of escape from the evil which Satan and ultimately man, by his disobedience, brought into the world. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. However, this is only in part today. None of us is perfect in ourselves. We live in a world of sin and sickness and are surrounded by them. When Christ returns, we shall be taken out of this world into the kingdom of heaven. Then there will be no more sin, sickness, or death. Until then, walking by faith, we must overcome sin, temptation, and sickness. Another question, is my sickness God's punishment for my sin? Perhaps he's teaching me something. No, the answer is, if you think like that, you will not be healed. No, just as God forgives sin instantly, he wants to heal you now. God loves you. When God healed the blind man, the religious leader said, who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said it was neither. If God were to punish us now for every sin or mistake, then every one of us would be dead, including me. To say that our sickness is God's punishment for our sin denies the truth of the Bible, which says Christ has already paid the price of sin for us. It's the devil who brings sin and sickness into your life. God has made a provision in Christ to deal with both. Another question, how about those who are not healed or who are healed and then lose their healing? Aren't you afraid they're disappointed and lose their faith? Wouldn't it be better not to pray? <laughs> if I believed this, I wouldn't even preach the gospel. Almost every time I evangelize, there are those who reject and those who become harder to win. He that being often reproved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. I hear of so many who condemn evangelistic crusades because of the thousands who come forward in the meetings to repent. Not all come to the church and remain believers. Many go back into their sin. Jesus' answer to this was the parable of the sower. Some seed fell on good ground, some among thorns, and some were choked by weeds. It is the same with healing. Not all will be healed. Some may lose their healing. Not because this is God's way, but because the devil tempts them or others deceive them into believing that it cannot last. 
If they're told this enough times, some will believe it. Also, many are like nine of the ten lepers who were healed and will not even return to give thanks. No, not everyone is healed, but this is not God's perfect will. It's even recorded of Jesus that in his own country he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. When the disciples couldn't heal the epileptic boy in Matthew 17, the father complained to Jesus, who instantly healed him. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we heal him? Jesus didn't compromise. He said, lack of faith, not on the part of the child, but the disciples. It does not take enormous faith to move mountains, but childlike, seed-like faith of a simple believer. I know because I've commanded mountains and seen the move many times. I once listened to criticism and as a result, I became so discouraged I've stopped organizing big crusades and praying for the sick. Because of that, for some years, I saw no one healed. Even today, after a meeting where I see the sick healed, I will often go home and grieve more over ones I didn't see healed or who didn't repent than I rejoice over the miracles I did see. It only drives me once more to fast and pray for Holy Spirit power to be more like Jesus in my ministry. Jesus preached the gospel, so do I. Jesus healed the sick, so do I. Smith Wigglesworth has gone down in history as a man of faith. Why? Because of the healing miracles. We need more like him in the church today. In the Bible, Jesus said simply, preach the gospel, heal the sick. In faith, I believe it. I do it and I see it. Surprisingly, in the Crusades in Russia, I see many people healed who have absolutely no faith, but who come in desperate need. God sees their desperation. Another question is, are you opposed to traditional medicine? No, I'm not. There are wonderful Christian doctors. If I have a toothache, I go to the dentist. And yes, I wear spectacles, but I have no eye disease and gradually God has restored my sight. I don't have bifocals and the lenses are so weak, the optician says I can do without them altogether. If I have a health problem, yes, I visit the doctor. If he diagnoses a problem, then I know what to pray for specifically. When I had the lung problem in 2002, I went to the doctor. At first, I thought it was merely pneumonia, possibly through overwork and tiredness. When it didn't clear up, I returned to the doctor who sent me to the hospital where I had every kind of test. By that time, I was bleeding through the nose and failed the breath test. However, one of my daughters, a qualified nurse, said, have the x-ray and the CT scan until the doctors confirm that you have lung cancer, you cannot prove the miracle of a God who can heal that cancer. The cancer was confirmed, then God healed me. And then the doctors confirmed that without any treatment, my healing was a miracle. Out of interest, no one knows why I developed the cancer. I've never smoked or lived in a polluted atmosphere. One possibility could be that I've been into the villages affected by the Chernobyl explosion and even twice visited the actual power station itself, both filming and evangelizing. I believe that with God, prevention is better than cure and that we should not abuse our bodies, which can cause sickness. Often when people come to me for healing, I can recognize without being a doctor that their problem is due to a wrong lifestyle. If you smoke, you're more likely to get lung cancer. If you put on excessive weight, you run the risk of diabetes and heart problems. These are facts. Yes, God can heal you, but I recommend that a healthy diet can mean prevention rather than cure. I love to see God heal people the doctors cannot help. To me, the real miracles of healing are when the doctors have tried to heal and failed. 
Then God takes over and by a miracle does what the most expert of doctors cannot. I've seen many people heal the broken bones and the effects of accidents, especially young people and many other young ones born blind, deaf, crippled, where medical science can do nothing. I love to tell of the 22-year-old girl in Australia who was born with a spinal deformity and grew instantly 10 centimetres taller. The young man in East Germany who had steel pins inserted into his right hip, knee and ankle because of a motor accident. The miracle was God literally melted the steel pins and he could kneel and squat and bend his joints freely. And the 22-year-old boy in a Russian hospital dying from the effects of drug abuse, AIDS and gangrene in his right leg. They wanted to amputate his, his leg above the knee, but I knew he would die because the AIDS had damaged his immune system. I told them not to have the operation that God would heal him. I said, when I come to Perm next time, you and I will stand on the platform together and give glory to God for your healing. Six months later, I was back, holding a crusade live on TV to the whole region. On the first night, I made an appeal to Anton via the TV to come and tell about his healing. Sure enough, on the next night, Anton was there on the platform with me to give glory to God, just as I told him he would. Anton had believed, refused the operation, and walked out of the hospital healed. Now he's healed of AIDS, married, and in Bible school, training to be an evangelist like me. That is the miracle of Russia, the hundreds of young people healed by a miracle, but now serving God across the nation as evangelists and pastors. That's why we have revival there, not my preaching, but God's miracles are the greatest testimony. Thank you for listening to The Power of Faith, broadcast with David Hathaway. We would love to hear from you. Contact us by visiting www.eurovision.org.uk. Also available online are a large assortment of videos, magazines and books for your growth in God. We would like to give all new subscribers to David's ministry a free gift. To receive your free gift, visit www.eurovisiontv.org. Remember, those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Worship used by kind permission of Vinesong, www.vinesong.com.